Right, now, a few years ago I was at the cricket, quite a few years ago I was at the cricket day-night game with my brother. This is before, um, like, especially all you young people here, life's a lot more regulated now than it used to be. Is, is it or is it not, right? Okay, so back in the day, there used to be Bay 13 at the MCG, all right? Anyone know about Bay 13? Oh, no. We sat in Bay 13 that night. Bay 13, that was the zoo of the MCG. That was the wild house of the MCG. And that night, man, it was happening all over the place. And the best experience of the night was at some stage something had gone wrong and the crowd was all doing their Mexican wave. I mean, they hardly even let you do that now, do they, you know? Mexican wave. And every time the Mexican wave, do you know what a Mexican wave is? Hold on. Who knows what a Mexican wave is? Right, just try doing one. Can you do one on that side? Okay, just try it. Here we go, here we go. All right, okay. So you know what a Mexican wave is. So the crowd was doing Mexican waves. But when they did it, don't do this now. When they did it, everything, missiles were getting thrown in the air, you know, like stuff everywhere, you know. And like at one stage, because back in those days too, you didn't have to worry too much about it. So I, I, had, I had no shirt on, you know. Like I wasn't part of the rowdy behavior. But I had no shirt on. And someone threw, it was half an orange. And it hit me right on the chest. And you could, it hit so hard like it hurt. You could see the shape of the orange right there on my chest, you know. And the, the highlight of the night, you know, when the missiles were getting thrown, everything was just out of control. You're getting hit from all angles, you know, from everything. And then I looked down and, and in the funeral where everyone's standing up, there was this little old lady and she's sitting right in the middle of it you know and then and then I, I could see her from behind you know her gray hair and probably I think she had her pearls around her neck and that sort of stuff you know and then at one stage then she looked around and she just had the biggest smile on her face she was loving it you know hey you ever felt like you know when you just like when things are crazy you just hit from every angle you know the feeling First 12 verses of Daniel chapter 3 that we're going to look at this morning. If you've got your Bible open, because they set the stage for being hit from all angles. Life and death test to be given to Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and remember it is Abednego, not Abednego. Oh, it's Abednego. Look at this. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet. That's about 27 meters, 90 feet tall, and nine feet, just under three meters wide. Set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Okay, it's about 16 years since the story we looked at last week, Nebuchadnezzar's dream being interpreted by Daniel. It's about 586 BC. And we know, like historically verifiable, we know that's the year that King Nebuchadnezzar actually destroyed Jerusalem. Destroyed it. Such a victory provided, you know, a great opportunity for King Nebuchadnezzar now because he is the new world power. And so when he puts up this image, which is eight stories high, it's a gold image, he wants to unify his empire. He wants to consolidate his, not just his national world power and authority but his international world power and authority 
It's likely too that the image represented Nebuchadnezzar's patron god, Nebo. And this statue, eight stories high, overlaid with gold, you know, that suggests that King Neb had come to believe that his kingdom would last forever. So after the statue was built, he sent messages to the princes, prefects, governors, advisors, councillors, judges, magistrates and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he'd set up. Everyone got together, all the big wigs. What a sight. Now, have you ever been to like a dedication? The best dedication I've ever been to was right in the midst of Quattro community, ultra poor community in Manila, Philippines. And there was the dedication of the land that Kids International Ministries, we support kids as the church, um, the, the land that they had purchased right in the midst of Quattro community and the dedication of this land, land on which we would be, and now in a few years later, we're well, well, well going on this, building the third campus of Quattro Christian Community School. A whole bunch of kids, nearly a thousand kids now that can go to school that never would have been able to go to school before. And so... Um, I was there, you just should have seen it. Now, look at these photos. This is, this is Stephen. Like, there must have been a thousand people. They had all the kids from the school there. There was people there where you can see them playing the violins in the background. This is Steve Wynn. His, this guy is from um, Texas in the United States, and his company, the Real Page Corporation, uh, the major donor to a lot of what's, what Kids International have done in the last few years. And then if you look at the, at the next photo, then this is all the big wigs. And you can see there, there's, that's Steve. Remember Norman? Norman's the president of Kids International. He's been to our church before. And over the side here is Teacher Dickie. And Dickie, Teacher Dickie is the principal of the school. Wonderful lady. And her, pastor, her husband, Pastor Aranis, beside him. And then here's, this is the mayor. I've forgotten his name, but here's the mayor of the, of the city. And, um, and there, there's all the dignitaries. And then here's a photo of another one of the dignitaries. <laughs> tipping some soil. Do you, anyone recognize that dignitary? You notice that he wasn't in the main dignitary's photo. Like, he's just one of the guys that's there. And then that same guy grabbing a selfie with a few of his friends afterwards. Um, we're at the, this is the best dedication I've ever been at. Dedications are fun, hey? High energy celebrations and this ancient Babylonian one is no different anyone who's anyone is there and never did King Nebuchadnezzar feel more proud of himself and his kingdom and his empire and his conquests than he did that day when all these officials had arrived and were standing before the king Nebuchadnezzar before the image King Nebuchadnezzar had set up a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes and other instruments, the orchestra, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. You didn't get asked this week, did you? And I guarantee you've never been asked in your life to bow down and worship an eight-storey high golden image. Am I wrong? Did anyone get asked to do that? Uh, I didn't. Or did we? 
did we? Now, to start off with, maybe I didn't get asked in words. Jeff, would you please bow down and worship a gold... I didn't get asked in words, maybe. I may not have gotten asked in words to do anything in words. But what's cultural and normal and expected for us today? Maybe that's usually even more powerful than getting asked to do something. Because if you're asked to do something, you can kind of distinguish, can't you? But if it's just part of the culture, it's a bit hard to work out what you're getting asked to do and what you're just doing. It's a bit harder to work out what's right and wrong sometimes. It's a bit more subtle. You see... Think on this with me, tell me if you agree, every day, every moment of every day, the clear and solid expectation of everything around us, around you, around me, everything through us, everything in us, that is asking you, let your mind be controlled by, in other words, be conformed to the culture that's around about you. And before you go thinking, oh, well, we're in church this morning, I'm safe here. No, 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 no. It actually infiltrates the church too. A worldly set of priorities. One that at its best just tries to fit God into my life. What we see around us, what we feel around us, does not, does not invite me to fit my life around God. So, for instance, this is just one, here's, here's an example. Right? Take these words, a um, couple of different verses from the Psalms. Look at this. Be still. And similarly, oh sorry, be silent. And similarly, other versions say, be still. Be still, be silent, and know that I'm God. Psalm 62, I, I wait quietly before God. For my salvation comes from Him. Right, this is just an example of what I'm talking about with the pervading culture around us. Now, time and time and time and time and time again, God's Word tells us to be still, to wait, and to be silent. And you you don't need to be a Hebrew scholar to work out what those words mean. They mean what they look like they mean. Now, how foreign are those words today in the world that you live in. I I, I know. I can hear you thinking it now. I know how busy you are. I know you've got your shower scheduled for Tuesday morning. 
I know you're thinking, Jeff, you don't know what my schedule is. Well, no, I don't. I know what mine is. I know you're thinking that. And you want to be careful. You're thinking, I want to be careful being, being, being still, waiting quietly. I want to be careful doing that here in Australia. If I do that for longer than about two minutes, people will call an ambulance. They'll think I'm dead. Totally foreign to our culture. And I mean, if you're silent here in Australia, and especially if you're still and silent at the same time. Go figure. You're like, you do that. People think you're radical. They might suspect you're going to be funny on them. <laughs> Still? Silent? Waiting? What? What? No phone? No music? No? I'm going to go up the teenagers here. No multitasking while I watch TV, work on my laptop and text all at the same time. None of that? You've got to be kidding me, Jeff. So... If that's you, and you're here today, and you're thinking to yourself, you don't want to be nasty to me, but you're thinking, Jeff, you don't know my schedule. Here's what I want you to do. I invite you to do this. Get your Bible out. Look up those two verses, Psalm 4610, Psalm 62.1. Look them up, and I'm suggesting that you get your Bible, and I'm, I'm fair income. Get your Bible out, highlight the verses, and then get your pen and write in the margin beside it, sorry, God, you asked me to do this, but you don't know my schedule. You see what I mean? That's just one example. What about what? Do some cash work this week. Don't declare it to the tax man. I mean, we've got industries in Australia that survive on cash work. Everyone's doing it. Um, if someone hurts you, this week, or if, if there's a history of someone hurting you or mistreating you, shut them out. You don't need miserable people in your life. You don't need good people. So shut, someone hurts you, shut them out. Um, and if you really feel like this person's really bad, then maybe you shouldn't just shut them out. Maybe you should go after them on social media. Everyone does that. Go behind your parents' backs. Smile, say the right things, do the right things in front of their eyes, but not when they're not looking. Everyone does that. You see, it's, it's not the obvious wrongs. I mean, don't rob a bank. Don't, don't punch someone in the face in school tomorrow morning. Don't, don't drive over the speed limit because 
That's explicit. And you'll probably get caught for it. It's the stuff that's normal, quote unquote. It's the stuff that everyone does. And it's dressed up like Quattro Community School in pomp and ceremony and the mayor's there and it's celebrated and it's okay because everyone does it. And I've never been, look, okay, I didn't get asked explicitly to do the wrong thing and I've certainly never been threatened with a fiery furnace. Bet you haven't either. But I have been, I have been outed and I have been ridiculed explicitly and implicitly And maybe you have too. You see, the standards, listen carefully, the standards which God has and actually demands of his children are often diametrically opposed to the standards that are 100% normal in the world around us. Think about it. Pornography, tax returns, sex before marriage. You know, like the amount of, And I I thought about how I would tell you this. Um, No one from this church, not from this church, not connected to this church at all. Like I'm working with two different couples at the moment. I'm I'm doing their weddings in the days ahead. Both of whom call themselves, they they say they're Christians. They live together. Uh, Shock horror with my generation, but you know, like it's, it's, It's really normal. It's not at all out of the ordinary for Christian couples to live together before they get married now. So what are your priorities this morning? Like how high on your list of priorities is it for you to please God? Not so many of us actually managed to stick to God's values and the Babylonians didn't either. Look at this. So at the sound of the orchestra, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshipped the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. My dad, my dad, um, I, I remember this like it would happen yesterday, it happened so many times, you know, we'd be there we'd be pleading with him, can we do this? Dad, dad, everyone's doing it! My dad would look and he'd just very quietly say, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, we're not everyone. everyone but some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the jews they said to king nebuchadnezzar long live the king you issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the orchestra that decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace but there are some jews shadrach meshach and abednego whom you put in charge of the province of babylon they're senior in the kingdom They've defied your majesty by refusing to serve your gods. Remember, little g, gods from Daniel, little g, refusing to serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. Being accused of treason. Not quite everyone bowed down. Look at this in verse 13. Then King Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage. He ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before him. Like he's ticked. He couldn't believe it. And I mean, of all the people to do it, it's the guys that he loves the most. It's it's his favorites. When they brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Is it true that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the, the gold statue that I've set up? 
Hey, my friend, this is as powerful as could be. This is coming after you this week. Right now. The second, if you are in an oasis right now, <coughs> excuse me, the second you walk out the door today, when you're in the car, on the bus, on the way home, and every, every day in the week ahead, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all day Sunday, like it's going to be there. Don't, don't fall for like Maxwell Smart would say, oh, the old, you know how he used to say the old whatever trick, the old, that's just an Old Testament story, Jeff. Don't fall for that. Without waiting for any response from his three young stars, King Neb gives him another chance. I will give you one more chance. If you bow down and worship the statue that I've made, when you hear the sound of the orchestra, all will be well. Come on, guys, we can do this. Come on. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And what God, small g God, will be able to rescue you from my power then? What would you do? What would you do? If I bow down here, that doesn't mean anything. I'm in place. Like, he seemed, like he's serious. <laughs> if I bow down, if I don't bow down, and I get thrown into the blazing furnace, and I die, well, like, I'm no use to God then. God wouldn't want that. Look, it won't really matter if I just blend in a bit, will it? Will it, Jeff? Like I said, anyway, I mean, take that example you just used a few minutes ago. God doesn't know my schedule. I don't want to turn my phone off and be quiet for a little while. I'm no good to my friends, to my friends if, if they think I'm crazy. They'll black ban me. You know, when I used to be in the homicide squad and work with a crew, there were seven of us on the crew and um, you get really close to the guys you work with and so many, I could tell you so many stories, but a couple I can think of, you know, we're in Shepparton. We were up there, there'd been a murder in Shepparton and we were, we were working on the case and, and at night time we, we went for dinner. And, uh, and, and at that stage too, I'm not making comments today about what's right and wrong with alcohol and drinking and that sort of stuff, but my decision, my conviction at that stage working with these guys who are really big drinkers, really, really big drinkers, like I didn't, I didn't drink any alcohol at all when I was with them, right? And that's just, don't worry about that, that was just my decision for, for them. And you know what? One night they started... They started suggesting, let's get Shep, come on, we've got to get Shep to have a drink. And so they started putting money, and, like, and they were all putting money up. Do you know what? If I had wanted to earn $1,000 in cash that night, all I had to do was have one drink. They were going to pay me $1,000 for a drink. 
And then there was another time, same, same crew, and we were in Border Town, um, South Australia, working on a, on a job that happened just inside the Victoria border, but we were in Border Town, and they were desperate, you know, and I'm glad, I'm glad they at least asked me first and didn't just, like, do it. That would have been rather awkward. They were desperate. They, they wanted a prostitute to come to my hotel room. You ever been a bit of pressure? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did they didn't even consider watering down their commitment to God? Hey, so if you want to stand up, my friend, if you want to stand up, because that's what this is all about, if you want to make a difference, if you want to live the way that Jesus actually wired you to live, we're not talking about stuff that's hard here and that's really bad for us. It's the stuff that's best for us. You want that? All right, take a look at this. Some of the best words in the Bible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're brought before the king. They say to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. We don't need to do that. This is what I call righteous arrogance. They're not going to get hightailed to by the king of the most powerful nation on earth. We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God, big G, who we serve, is able to save us. He, he'll rescue us from your power, your majesty. He will. But you know what? Even if he doesn't, these are, I reckon these are just some of my favorite words in the Bible. Even if he doesn't rescue us, your majesty can be sure that we will never serve your gods. Little G, I want you to... Say those words with me in yellow. We will never serve your gods. We won't. (laughs) You can do what you want. But we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you've set up. And take note too. It's a whole lot easier to do that to the king of the most powerful nation on earth when you got your two buddies standing side by side with you. Three of them. You see, it says in Proverbs that if the godly compromise with the wicked, you know what it's like? It's like polluting a fountain or muddying a spring. Look at this. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar now is so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face becomes distorted with rage. (laughs) Can you think of someone you know like that? (laughs) As soon as you say distorted with rage, I think of this guy. um, Obviously, no names, not from this church. Um, He was actually one. (laughs) Um, And I've spent a lot of time at Bible college, so there's no way you can pin this down. He's one of my Bible college professors, all right? And this guy, um, and he's kind of a bit well-known for it, he can't hide his disgust or his anger and his disapproval. And so when something goes wrong, and he's got pretty set standards about what he wants to happen, when something goes wrong like this guy, you should see him. Like, I I just, God bless him, but I just find it funny. Like, his face just goes as purple as a beetroot. It really does. Like, it just goes absolutely bright red. And, like, seriously, you can just about see the steam coming out his ears. <laughs> you know someone? That's, that's how angry King Nebuchadnezzar is. This is it's a scary room to be in this morning. Like, 
he commanded them that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. And then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they did what they were told. They tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully clothed. Look at this though, because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames leaped out and killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, securely tied, fell down into the roaring flames. I mean, this is curtains. You don't survive a fire like that. The men who threw them in, that's some of the strongest armies, they're killed by the flames. Nebuchadnezzar. Look. Look. Suddenly, as he was watching, I've do you ever look at Bible stories and think, how can he watch? Like, they must, like, I wonder, do they have some sort of a viewing room or something? You know, is it like when you see someone get executed and everyone gets to watch behind a glass panel? I mean, it would need to be a pretty thick glass panel. I don't know. Like, somehow, he's looking in. And he jumps up in amazement and he exclaims to his advisors, hey, didn't we tie up? three men and throw them into the fire yeah they said we did indeed your majesty well look in there i can see four men i'm sure i can see four men and they're unbound their their arms aren't tied up anymore they're walking around in the fire they're walking around they're not even hurt by the flames and the fourth one looks like a divine being so he goes as close to the furnace as he can get himself And then look at this. He shouts, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego step out of the fire. Imagine now, then the princes, prefects, governors, advisors all crowd around him and they, they saw the fire had not touched him. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. The only thing that God burned in the fire were the ties that bound those guys. Can you believe that? Now, obviously, everyone had waited around to see these guys get put off, but as soon as they came out, everyone's on hand to have a look. Amazing. Look at this in Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Daniel, now Nebuchadnezzar grows some humility. And if you remember, this is the second recorded time that this has happened to them. He said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and they were willing to die rather than serve or worship any little G-God except their big G-God. And therefore, he said, and he makes it into what we call a Christian state because he legislates that you have to follow God now. And before you too quick to say that sounds like a good idea uh, and it's obviously a discussion for another day i'd suggest to you it's not we've got a bit of a history of that as christians if you look back through world and church history we've got a bit of a history of trying to force people to do what we think they should do and we we've even we've even taken their lives we've burned them at the stake because they didn't want to do what we want to do so i'd suggest that the christian state's not a good idea Anyway, 
But did you get what he said? He said they were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. And I don't want you to be fooled today, my friends, because this applies intimately to you and your situation right now and when you step out the door. If God is not taking a clear first place in your life, this is a strong statement and I want you to hear it. If God is not taking a clear first place in your life, what that means is that you are serving and worshipping other little g-gods. That's for you to work out. Um, these guys were fortunate. It says in verse 30 that he promoted them to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. They were fortunate. And I don't want you to hear me standing here today and promising you that if you follow Jesus and you do make God a first place in your life, that you'll be fortunate too. You may be, but you may not be. And also, I do want to say too, let's not, let's not be frosty about this. We've said the last couple of weeks, you know, we want to use wisdom and tact and diplomacy. And, and you know what? We're living in such a spiritually, what we call pluralistic world today. There's so much spirituality around. I actually suggest that people actually aren't nearly, usually, they're not nearly as appalled by your Christianity as they used to be. Because a lot of the time, people are just happy for you to have your truth and they'll have theirs. So you don't actually have to suffer persecution as well in that way, always. Except remember that God promises, and he said it through the Apostle Paul, he said, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And Jesus said this, he said, God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when you are mocked and persecuted and lied about because you're my followers, Jesus said. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And you're not the first person for this to happen to. The ancient prophets were persecuted too. So the question for you this morning is this. Are you compromising? Are you following the crowd? Or are you standing for God? That's what these few weeks in Daniel are all about. Do you want to be one of these people that Titus talks about? He said, such people, they claim to know God, but they actually deny Him by the way they live. They say the right stuff. But you look at their life and they deny God. They're despicable and disobedient, he says worthless for doing anything good so a couple real quick suggestions for you to finish i thought long and long and long and long and hard about this first one i thought i got to give you something that's like that that, that's illuminatory that 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 sends out and says beauty i got this now i got this i can do this and you know I, i didn't come up with something that i could say in that category i only came up with this and it's something that every single person sitting here with you um i was going to say with you with your backside on a seat this morning. Every single person here is capable of doing. Here it is. Decide to obey. You can. Like Paul said, flee the evil desires of youth. Like run away from them. And while you're running away from them, pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of the pure. And the second suggestion is this. Remember, they're standing there together, arms locked. Help your friends and get them to help you. All right? 
help your friends and get them to help you. Look at these words. And I thought of these words when Luke was talking earlier about, um, uh, you know, like in, down south in the States, um, how they get together for church sometimes on Wednesday nights. What an awesome idea. You know what? Absolutely in line. Um, Luke, where is, where is Luke? Uh, absolutely in line with what God says. Look at this. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time. Coming out of COVID-19 when you could just, you know, like when you could just, and everyone, everyone loved it. Oh, I could just do church in my pajamas on the couch on Sunday morning. And, 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 and if I had a dollar for all the people who said to me, not, not people from here, you know, but they're like, well, we just watch a bit of worship from there. And then we watch a bit of worship from there. And then we tune in. We watch a bit of the message from there and a bit from there. And, like, and it's, it was a nice way to live, wasn't it? You know what? This is not the time. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. It is not, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. Thank you, Luke. Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. I need that. I need that in my life from you guys. And you know what? You need it from me too. Let's do it together. Let's pray. You want to stand with me and we'll pray together and we're going to sing and worship God together. Thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your mighty, powerful word, which is mighty to save. And we trust you that this morning as we've examined it together, not that the Jeff Shepherd got to say something. In fact, if Jeff Shepherd said anything that we're taking notice of I ask you now that you just by the gracious work of your spirit just just take that aside but the work of your spirit the work of your spirit Holy Spirit Spirit of the living God through his word which is alive and active and sharper than the sharpest double-edged sword. I ask you, Lord, that you would imprint your words upon our hearts. And for every single follower of Jesus here this morning, who it's time now to nail their colors to the mast and say, I'm going to follow Jesus, not the world around me. Everyone who knows that, I pray, Lord, that you'd stamp that conviction in their hearts right now. For any of our friends, this is you, my friend, if you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, that's that's all well and good, but I'm not a follower of Jesus yet. Well, you know what? Um, you're 110% welcome here. I'm not trying to say that, anything like that. But what I'm also saying is you are also welcome to be a Jesus follower. It's your choice, but you're welcome. And we will welcome you with open arms to so while we're singing here together, and we're going to sing a couple songs together, you know, feel free, anyone who wants to, um, if you come down to the, to the front of the auditorium, or you can go to the back, or you can sit down and talk to the person beside you, there's not a rule that you have to follow here. If you come down to the front, you might want to come to one of the sides, okay, to your right or to your left. Come down, and, and there'll be some people here who will pray with you. They won't ask you for, you don't have to tell them all the stuff. They'll just pray with you. Um, and then the other thing is, if you just want to be 
space where you can even more fully enter for whatever reason into the worship, into the songs that we're going to sing, then this space right where I'm standing, right in the middle of the, the, the front, right in the middle. That space is just if you want to come down to and you just want to worship. Feel free to make your way and stand down here and do whatever you want to do as we're worshiping together. You get that? So if you wanted someone to pray with you, just just, just the person who's sitting beside you, or you can come to the to the front um, at, at either side, um, or you can move somewhere else and find someone you know would pray with you. Um, and if you want to just worship, um, no one will disturb you. If you do that, just come to this, this area. Thank you so much. God bless you. I love you guys. Let's worship together.